This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today is Angela's birth story. We chat about Angela actually in episode 36, or not necessarily about her, but an article that she wrote, Seven Things That Happen After You Give Birth at Home, and that was through Romper, which is an outlet we really enjoy and like and have gotten some great resources and things from there. And after sharing the article, you know, we reached out to Angela and said, we want to talk to you. Let's chat. (laughs) And so we did, and we got to hear about baby Aiden's home birth and all the things that went along with it. Um, For instance, castor oil and OJ to induce labor. Had heard about it, but never talked to anyone who had done that before. So it was pretty cool. And, you know, Angela describes the birthing process as climbing that mountain, which I know a lot of us can relate to. So it's a really great story. We love chatting with her. She's super cool and chill and just an amazing person and mama, and we're honored to have her on the show. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? (laughs) We are great. We're doing fantastic, and we wanted to say thank you again for carving out some time to come hang out with us and chat and talk about babies and birthing and home birth and all that great stuff. No problem. Happy to do it. Yes, and I'm really excited because you're a particularly special guest in that you have inspired a previous episode of ours before we even knew you, before we even got on the phone with you, and that was our episode number 36, and it's inspired by an article you wrote for romper.com, and that article is titled Seven Things That Happen After You Give Birth at Home. And it was very relevant for us and something we hadn't talked really about yet on the show. So it, you know, charted out on our, our own episode on it. So <laughs> we're now really excited to talk to you, not only about the article and your writing, but your experience as a mom and as as a mom of two and your pregnancy experiences and your birth. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. No, this is cool. I thought my mom was the only person who read my article. Yeah. So it's nice to know that uh, other people are seeing my stuff. Yeah, yeah you got at least two other yes. other readers. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and where you're from, what you're up to. Sure. Well, I was born and raised in Chicago, um, and then I kind of made my way out to New York City 
uh, after college to work and have since I've been here for about, gosh, 15 years now in Brooklyn where where we live with my husband um, and our two kids, Hannah and Aiden, who are seven and five, which I can't even believe it. Mm. Uh, seems like just yesterday I was having a home birth. But... Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And your your journey to home birth, how did that come about? Yeah, so um, actually my oldest uh, child, Hannah, who's seven now, we had her, you know, the traditional route. We went the hospital route, but... What happened is about um, four, mo- four months into my pregnancy, uh, our doctor diagnosed me with an incompetent cervix, which I still don't really understand why or how she came to that diagnosis. Very but interesting name. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds horrible, right? Yeah. Incompetent, like that's the last thing you want to hear about yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she suggested that we spend the rest of uh, our pregnancy pretty much on bed rest, which for us was was pretty awful because we lived at the time we lived in a third floor walk-up apartment in Brooklyn um so even just to you know and 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 the apartment itself had stairs so to go to the kitchen you know from my bedroom to the kitchen there were like 25 stairs so you know and she kind of gave us this talk like any sudden movement I would lose my baby which you know especially being a first-time mom was like the worst news ever so um anyway so I spent the rest of the time on bed rest and then ended up having to have my labor induced at week 36 because of low amniotic fluid. I guess my incompetent cervix was not <laughs> holding on to things. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was just a painful experience. And then um, our doctor wasn't even there for the birth. And, you know, it was really sad mm. because, you know, since my mom is in Chicago, she wasn't able to, to make the birth because it was so sudden, you know, and unplanned. Um, so I just said, you know, when we found out we were pregnant again, I said, absolutely not. I don't want to go through that experience again. Mm-hmm. It was just such a cold experience. You know, it wasn't very friendly. We didn't, you know, have the experience that we had always wanted. You know, you have to wear that hideous hospital gown and, you know, you can't eat anything. And it just yeah. it just wasn't very nice. So when we found that we were pregnant the second time around, we started watching a bunch of documentaries and just reading everything we can. And we watched the business of being born. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen it (laughs) or know about it. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so after we were just, you know, we were just amazed and like, you know, we're like, there's, there's something else. There's another way. Like we don't have to go through this again. We can have the experience that we want, um, you know, and we can, we can create, what we want. So we started, you know, just calling out to midwives and doulas and just doing a lot of research. And we actually found a really amazing um, pair of doulas right in our neighborhood. And we immediately fell in love with them. And, you know, they, they said, you know, you've already proven that you can carry a baby to term. And, you know, so don't let, don't let yourself be defined by that term incompetent cervix. Like, you know, she's basically like, what the hell is that? Like, you can do this and we're here to help you. And, you know, I fell in love with them from there and that's kind of how it happened. That's amazing. It makes me think about, you just said that term, that label incompetent cervix makes me think about all the other labels or conditions that women might be given while they're pregnant and how that could impact them and affect them in the future to maybe not go the route you did and stay in that space of kind of fear and and limitedness and feel like they only, 
can can go the hospital route or only have a lot of medical intervention because of that label that's been smacked on them. That's really interesting to me. Or not even choose yeah. to have any more kids. Right. Or not. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, when I found out I was pregnant the second time, instead of being excited, the first thing I did was cry because mm. I was scared. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I was so worried that we would have to go through that same experience again. So it was just such a relief and such a great, you know, feeling to have someone tell me, hey, you can do this, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're in good shape. I mean, I, I practice yoga regularly. I'm a runner. You know, I was relatively young at the time. And she's like, you know, you can, you can do this. Mm. So. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So what were, uh, what were Dean's thoughts when, you know, you got pregnant for the second time and you started thinking about um, out of hospital, you know, options? What, what, what was going through Dean's mind? It's funny because he was actually the biggest cheerleader for it all. You know, I was a little nervous about the no drugs thing and, you know, but he's like, you know, you're awesome. You're strong. You've already proven, you know, that you can, you can do this. And Mm. even because my labor was induced the first time around, you know, often that makes the contractions more intense. And, you know, I felt like the Pitocin was not working. Like, you know, so he's like, you can do it. You know, it happens. And, you know, he, is um actually from was born in Guyana and was raised in Guyana until he was um about three years old. And so he's like, you know, that's pretty much how all my relatives, they all had their babies at home. You yeah. know? So he was he was all for it. That's right, awesome. Right. I have this view mm-hmm. too, I have this this belief, I guess, around New York in particular, because I think that's where the a lot of the interviewees from Business of Being Born were, I had this idea that there's a lot of options there and there's a lot of support around the home birth community. Is that accurate or did you find that it was it was a relatively easy process to get everything in motion? Yeah, no, I mean, we were lucky enough that the, the first um, set of the pair of doulas that we and, and midwives we talked to, we fell in love with immediately, but there are so many options. In fact, um, there's an organization called Choices for Childbirth and they do a run in um, Prospect Park, a big park in Brooklyn here. And I still, you know, my son is five years old and I still do support their their run, you know, that they use to raise money for all, you know, things home birth related. And, you know, we keep in touch with our doula. In fact, her grandson goes to preschool with my son. And so mm. I see her all the uh, time. That's and, cool. You know, so, Yeah. That's great. <laughs> We've talked about that before, too, how the relationship continues. You know, I'll still yeah. text my midwife with questions or she's doing this. What does this mean? Or just a cute picture <laughs> for yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
tell us about Aiden's birth, how you knew it was starting, how it was happening. Um, what week did you go to? Well, so that is actually a funny thing because <laughs> Hannah came so early. Right. <laughs> Aiden was actually two weeks late, which oh, was really shocking very to different. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, I think by the time, you know, we were coming and approaching the due date, I was so ginormous and so uncomfortable. I was just ready. You know, in the beginning, I was afraid. You know, I was nervous. Is it going to hurt? Am I going to be able to do this, you know, without drugs and everything? But by the time, you know, we were pushing week 40, I'm like, okay, let's just get this thing going, mm-hmm. whatever happens. So when I, I remember right at week 40, I went in for an appointment. And, you know, I'm telling my midwife, look, Joan, this this has got to happen. I'm tired. And she kept saying to me, the baby will come on his birthday. Like, mm. you can't rush this. It's going to happen <laughs> when it's supposed to happen. So she gave me some suggestions. Like, she suggested I try acupuncture. And, like, just you know, because I wasn't sleeping. I was just irritable. And, you know, and I still had to care for a two-year-old yeah. at the same time, too. You know, she still needed, you know, the things that she needed done for her. Um, but yeah, so we just waited and waited and waited and it took, we went to 42 weeks. And in fact, I don't, I don't think that he was quite ready to come, but I was like, you know, this has got to end. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm ready to be done. (laughs) So she actually suggested that I drink castor oil and orange juice and just kind of wait by the toilet. (laughs) I've heard that. The party started. Oh, wow. So it worked. Yeah. 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 It was. That was it. That was that was the trip. But I think he probably would have cooked a little longer if, if I had let him. <laughs> he would have grown some teeth. Wow, that's awful. Yeah. And through through the pregnancy, how was the the prenatal care experience compared to what you had experienced with Hannah? Well, you know, it was amazing. I mean, I actually looked forward to my appointments with Joan. Well, one because my doctor that that um, helped us with Hannah was in Manhattan. So just the traveling, like having to get on the subway with my big pregnant belly and mm. oftentimes having to stand, you know, it was just a horrible experience. And then also, you know, because they were telling me to be so careful. So I was worried, you know, even going down into the subway that I was going to like give birth on the train tracks or something yeah. crazy like that. <laughs> but just so now, you know, with the midwife and with, the second time around, the midwife was in the neighborhood, so I could walk, you know, and I could she, I didn't feel like I was under this time constraint. You know, she let me sit and talk, you know, as long as I wanted to. You know, we got the, the business out of the way, you know, to check up and everything. And then the we would sometimes spend a half hour just talking about how I was feeling, mm-hmm. you know, any anxiety that I had. So it felt like almost like a therapy session, you know, That's more cool. than just a doctor's appointment. So that was one thing that really made me look forward to, to going to visit with her because sometimes, you know, Dean wouldn't want to hear about my swollen feet and my hemorrhoids, and, <laughs> <laughs> but she would actually sit and listen to it. So I thought, you know, this is cool. Dean didn't want to talk about hemorrhoids. What's up with that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not all the time. Not yet. He's listening, but I can see, like, he's like, okay, this is disgusting. <laughs> so, so you had doulas and a midwife, correct? Yeah. So actually at the time, because I wasn't really making a whole lot of money, that was one, another concern that we had was how, you know, what we're going to pay for all of this support. But I found, mm. and I wish... I have to go back and find the name of the organization that we use that helped. They put us in touch with doulas who actually work with low-income families. Mm. So we got 
um, these two amazing women who worked with us free of charge. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that was, that was a great experience. You know, that's, that's really special. And I think they were learning. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's great that you were able to have the type of care that you wanted and experience that you wanted, regardless of the financial situation. You know, it wasn't like, it's like, okay, well, I can't do this because of the finances. It was, you know, in, in like Sarah pointed out earlier, in New York, you have, you have options. I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you would think that, you know, it should be available to anyone who, yeah. who wants it. You know, I mean, having a baby is such an important thing that you would think that, you know, these kind of options would be available all over the place. But I'm realizing through my work and my research that that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Mm. It'd be interesting to, to, for us to learn, Sarah, what, what options like that exist in Georgia. Yeah, it's it's got to vary so much just state to state, yeah. which is which is itself very yeah. interesting. Attention sleep-deprived mamas. Sarah and I have found something awesome that we really think you're going to enjoy, and that's the Reverie Power Bed. Reverie's mission is really about helping people to live better lives through sleep. Their power beds help you with things like back pain, swollen feet, general discomfort, all of which we can relate to during pregnancy. And then even after you have your little one, it's great for things like nursing, C-section recovery, or just cuddling in bed with baby. I think my favorite part about the Reverie Power Bed is that it will work with just about any mattress. We currently have a power bed at our house and it's got an Ikea mattress on top. And this thing is awesome. Our sleep has improved. We wake up less times in the night and we definitely feel more refreshed during the day. And Reverie has won the Women's Choice Award for six years straight on these power beds. Over 98% of women who purchase a power bed would recommend it to a friend or family member. So you out there, to learn more about Reverie and the power bed, go to momsneedsleep.com home. Once again, that's momsneedsleep.com H-O-M-E. The home is very important because that means your friends over here at Doing It At Home sent you there. Okay, so amazing prenatal care, it sounds like, and no incompetent cervix or anything like that? <laughs> I mean, they basically tell me, you know, from they looked, you know, they got access to my medical history from my pregnancy with Hannah, and they looked through everything, and they're like, we don't really even know what that was all about. And, you know, just wow. the fact that I was able to carry her as long as I did, they thought that, you know, it was a load of crap, and maybe that, you know, the doctors were trying to, to cover their butts or, mm. you know, they, they really couldn't determine why they, they diagnosed me with the incompetent cervix. Mm. How did you feel at that so, point? You know, like when, when they said, you know what, it, it's cool. Your body is fine. How did you feel? How did that make, were, were you fully trusting them? Did you second guess? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I asked them, like, are you sure? You know, cause they suggested, go ahead, continue to practice yoga, do what you do, you know, because I was worried, would I be able to care for Hannah, you know, yeah. because I still was a, basically a stay-at-home mom, and, you know, she needed to be, if we wanted to go out to the park, you know, would I be able to get her down up three flights of stairs and with my stroller and my diaper bag and everything, and they're like, yeah, do do what you have to do, and that, that felt great, because otherwise, you know, we wouldn't really have even been able to live a normal life if I had to spend, you know, nine, ten months laying in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. All right, so let's jump back to that castor oil and OJ cocktail and <laughs> what happened after that. So what? how did things start moving? So, I <laughs> well, I don't think you really want to know how yeah, things not, are moving. Yeah, not everything we'll moving. I mean more of the process, <laughs> the, the event. No, I <laughs> – um, yeah. Funny, so I wanted my mom to be there for the experience, but I think – I don't know if she was – nervous about me giving birth at home or grossed out or a combination of the two but she decided to, to pass and she didn't want to have any parts of of this whole birth she just said call me when the baby is born <laughs> but fortunately my mother-in-law was was kind enough to come and be here for the process and you know like I said they're West Indian people so she had the the music cranking she was cooking food making coffee slicing fruit and That's basically cool. it was kind of like a party you know, while I was on the toilet, everybody else was dancing and eating all her amazing food. And we just kind of waited for the baby. So if you can imagine, so we were living at the time in a one-bedroom apartment. We had our uh, kiddie pool in the middle of the living room. Uh, um, our doula had made a, uh, she filled a sock with rice and heated it up in the microwave. And she used that, you know, which was amazing. She put it anywhere, basically where I was feeling pain. So whether it was my neck or my back, um, and that was, you know, an amazing pain relief that, that's that, cool. that that's she was awesome. there for. With, I've never heard them. of that. Yeah, I'm writing I mean, that down. Yeah, it was, and we actually still use it to this day. Whenever people have pain around here, um, we we still use that rice box five years later. Oh wow, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Okay, cool. So, so what else was, was going on in the room? So I, I remember spending most of the time in, in the pool and, you know, they would sometimes tell me to get up and walk around, which was, I mean, the exact opposite of my hospital experience Mm. where I was pretty much on my back the entire time. So it felt good to be able to, you know, move around and they would ask me, do you feel like you need to get up and walk? Do you feel like, you know, you need a massage? And, and so that was, you know, really nice that I could actually move through the pain. And I think it actually helped me deal with, you know, the contractions. And, and I mean, I know it sounds weird, but I feel like it it wasn't nearly as painful as the hospital experience because Mm. I couldn't move, you know, because I had been, practicing prenatal yoga it really helped me um Mm. with the process but interestingly enough after a couple of hours in the pool I felt like I needed to to go in the shower and so my doula suggested yeah maybe the hot water on your back would really help you Mm. you know deal with with the with the back labor and so I, I went into the shower I remember and as soon as I stepped into the shower I felt 
like the urge to push. Mm. Oh wow! And they're like, you know, just just go with it. You know, if you need to push, which I thought was weird, like in the shower. Okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, so everybody, my whole first team followed me into the shower, which was also a little weird, but you know, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and I don't remember this, but Dean will say that I pushed three times, and the baby came. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh! <Wow. laughs> Wow. So were you standing in the shower? I was standing in the shower, and he said he remembers the midwife told him to turn, you know, the shower head away from, you know, so that the water wouldn't just go into Aiden's mouth. But, um, yeah, she asked, I feel like I should push. Should I push? And they're like, yeah, if you need to push, you go ahead and push. And he says, I pushed like three times. Oh, my gosh. Like Aiden just popped out. Wow. So did you catch him? Yeah. He did, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's awesome. He, he and the midwife taught him. And it seemed like, you know, I mean, I know it sounds like a fairy tale almost, but everything just kind of worked out so perfectly. You know, I started laboring at night. I'm not exactly sure what time, but it was after my daughter had gone to bed because that was one thing I was concerned about. Like, would she be traumatized? Mm-hmm. With, you know, mommy is like screaming mm-hmm. <laughs> in pain. But he was born at seven o'clock in the morning, which was right when she was waking up. So it was kind of like she got up in the morning and her baby brother was there. So she Aww. had like, you know, her pancakes and her baby brother. So everything <laughs> just worked out so perfectly. Wow. So you had you had a little bit less than a twelve hour labor? Give yeah, take, maybe. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's really so how um did you feel um moving through labor in your home, you know, in your apartment. I have this this thing around, you know, we, we're in a home, we're in a house. And so I would have, I felt like mm-hmm. I might have been nervous in an apartment at certain points, like we'd wake up the neighbors or something, you know, with very thin walls. I mean, we're even in a house and we had windows open during my labor when I was pretty vocal. There, oh, our they, neighbors must have heard Yeah, there, there was a, something's going on there on a Sunday morning. Did you have any of that? Or, I mean, maybe you're not thinking about that. You know, it's you're beyond that at that point. Well, we were lucky enough at the time we lived, our building was such a community, you know, everybody kind of moved into the building at the same time. We watched everybody get married and have kids. So they kind of knew what was going on. And, you know, we warned everybody like, look, this is what's going down. So in case you hear some weird noises, don't call the police. And I think, you know, we lived at a major busy intersection in Brooklyn, probably one of the busiest intersections in Brooklyn. So, I mean, I'm sure they hear things way weirder than some woman yeah (laughs) so no one even said anything that's cool that's that's just like a weird thing i've thought about in my mind before if we were ever in an apartment or something for baby number two like (laughs) i don't know the neighbors Yeah, no, we lived above a 24-hour Dunkin' Donuts, so there was all kind of craziness oh, going down in that, nice. in that place, so all I'm right. sure. Our neighbors hear weird things yeah. all the time. You had buffer sounds. That's great. Yes, indeed. Yes, wow. Indeed. wow. I'm, I'm curious. Um, so what was the response that you got from people when you told them of your home birth plans? Or did you tell people that you were planning a home birth for, uh, for Aiden? I did. You know, well, I mean, I think most people were like, are you effing crazy? Like, mm. what is wrong with you? There are hospitals. There are drugs. Yeah. Why in the world would you want to feel everything? You know? Um, I know my mom was scared out of her mind. You know, she... But people who know me know that I'm someone who always does things in unconventional ways. You know, so they know, like, okay, this is Angela with her craziness. So we'll just let her do what she needs to do. But, yeah, most people were like, are you crazy? You're nuts. 
how'd you guys deal with that? Like, how how'd you handle that? Um, well, I think, you know, with, with my mom, I wanted her to, you know, just know that, you know, we've done our research. This is not some fly by night thing. Like, you know, it's not like we're doing it ourselves. We have trained, you know, professionals that are helping us. And I actually had her come out to visit and meet uh, Joan, my midwife, and talk to her and just let her ask her questions. And Joan was nice enough to to, you know, answer my mom's questions. And I think that put her mind at ease. You know, once she actually nice. talked to her and she knew, you know, okay, you know, we have a backup plan. If something goes wrong, we know how to get to the hospital. You know, I've been doing this for 30 years, you know, and that kind of gave her some, you know, comfort. That's great. what we were doing. That's great. That's very thoughtful and considerate of you and, you know, in your process to take the time to help someone to understand and to put them at ease more. Because you're not beholden to anyone to do that you know you're not required to but right. I, I think that's awesome when you do take the time to like look this you know this can be an okay process and you can be a part of it so I think that's great yeah 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 that's beautiful and now how has your your home birth in particular influenced your your work and your writing your awesome writing that you put out there for other moms and families to glean lessons from how has it influenced it um, I think for me and what I try to do with with the work that I do at Romper, it's interesting. A lot of the, the things that we write are based on things that young moms are looking for. Right. And, you know, I mean, luckily enough, we live in, in the information age where if you have a question, you can go to Google, whereas our moms and our grandmoms didn't have yeah. that. And we had to kind of, you know, rely on on doctors all the time and things like that. And, and so, you know, while it's great that you can Google things, there's also a lot of weird things that you can come up with when you Google <laughs> certain things. So what I really like to try to do is just to be a source of information, just kind of this is an option. And by no means am I ever here to say like home birth is, is the only way to go. You sure. know, you have to do what works for, for your family and for, for your situation. And that's kind of how I approach everything that I do that I, I never want to be the one that's passing judgment on someone for choosing to give birth in a hospital or choosing to use, you know, pain meds, you know, if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. And it's kind of like, we're all, you know, as parents just here trying to, trying to, to figure stuff out and do the best thing that we can, you know, and, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, like, like we said before we hit record, um, I was just looking at your author page on Romper and you have so much amazing information, so much value that you've put out um, about birthing, about breastfeeding, parenting, you know, all the way from newborns through toddlers and more. And so uh, I definitely encourage everyone listening to go check out, um, you know what, what we'll do actually, we'll link. put, yeah, we'll put links to your, the article that inspired our previous episode, as well as um, your author page on Romper. And then if there's any other links, you can give us those as well. And we'll put them up there and it'll, all of it will be at diahpodcast.com on your, on Angela, your episode page. We'll put it all over there. And um, yeah, I mean, thank you for doing the work that you do. It's very inspiring. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's interesting. When I was in the hospital with Hannah, I was reading, you know, what to expect. I had a big stack of uh, parenting books that I was trying yeah. to read. And, I, you know, I felt like before the baby comes, I need to know everything, you know, try to cram all this information into my brain. And I remember a nurse coming in and she just started laughing when she saw me reading. And I'm like, why are you laughing? Like, this is serious business. You know, so you can read all the parenting books you want, but 
your baby is not going to read any of these books. So basically all this information is pretty useless. Like you just have to kind of go for what you know when the baby comes. And I think that that was like the best parenting advice I ever got. That yeah, mm-hmm. you can, I mean, you can read every article, every book, every website, but you know. Yeah. The babies don't read that. And, you know, every situation is different. Every mom is different. You know, I mean, even with my own children, you know, I yeah. thought things that worked for the oldest would work for the youngest. And, and that's not necessarily the case. Mm. So, you know, we just all have to just figure stuff out, throw stuff up against the wall, see what sticks, yeah. you know, where I might have a great idea that might work for someone, but someone else might think it's a load of crap. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, you know what that just made me think of is what, kind of the the way in which Sarah and I have gone about our reading and research. And it's really centered around when we have questions. Mm -hmm. It's like when we have questions about Mm -hmm. something, we'll then grab the the book about, you know, child sleep or the book about eating or the, we'll we'll go on Google and and search something. And that really is how we we find the articles like yours um, and other Mm -hmm. great resources. It's when we have that question that pops up because you're right, like that nurse was telling you, I mean, you could read every single book and then you're, you know, and the books tell you to go right and then your baby goes left. Mm. And now you're like, okay, I just got to rely on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I'm, I'm all about sharing what I know. I mean, with all my friends who are moms and it's funny that now since I've started writing about parenting, I've kind of become the parenting expert in my <laughs> group of mom friends, which makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to figure this out myself, you know, yeah. and I try to, if I have some success doing something, I'll share it with someone else. But you know, the main thing that I try to do in, in my role is not shame other people. You know, I definitely want, you know, all, all the moms that I talk to or that read my work to know that, you know, I'm here to support you. Like, look at me as like your girlfriend and I'm, you know, I'm kind of telling you, what my experience is, but, you know, you have to do what's best for you and for your kid and, you know, feel empowered to, to make decisions and not feel like you have to do everything so by the book because, you know, like you said, it doesn't always work. Right. I love that. And there's enough shame out there and there's enough opportunities to feel guilty or to feel judged on things, pregnancy and motherhood. So, you know, you don't need to worry about that. That's going to happen already. So you can work on the, the uplifting and the yeah. empowering and the positives. So I think that's great. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought before I became a parent, I thought I'm going to be the best mom ever. You know, I'm smart. I can figure things out. This is going to be a breeze, you know, but once I got thrown into the fire, I realized, you know, it's not that easy and you don't really know if you're doing a good job sometimes until it's too late, you know? Mm. So hopefully when my kids are all grown up, they won't be sitting on some therapist couch saying what a That's so funny. Uh, what What's next for you or is there anything you're working on or any plans you have for the future as far as your writing and your work that we can put out there and hold the intention for you and share with listeners? Well, if I tell you what I'm doing, then I actually have to do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kicker. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. One thing that I've been kind of dabbling with is writing children's books. We are huge readers in our house and, you know, we love my kids and I spend all pretty much every weekend at the library. All the librarians know us by name. So because we read so many children's books, I think, oh, I can write my own book, you know. So that is what I've kind of been working on is 
um, a series of children's books that's inspired kind of by my kids' experience. Uh, a lot of things about sharing and patience and, uh, and things like that, that that we deal with here. Mm-hmm. And that has inspired me to, to write. Um, I'm like, I think I mentioned um, a big proponent of yoga. And so trying to write things about, you know, how to continue my yoga practice now that I'm a mom and, you know, mm. encourage my kids to, to want to practice alongside with me and to also know that, Hey, mom needs a half hour to meditate or do yoga. So leave her alone. No, got me thinking, yeah, um, always... Oh, go ahead. No. Go ahead. So I, I was going to ask, um, you mentioned yoga. I'm curious, what are some other things that you did for both pregnancies, Hannah and Aiden, uh, to prepare yourself for their birthday? Um, well, interestingly, I am, besides writing and, every, and being a mom, I'm also kind of an amateur DJ. Nice. I love music. I've always loved music. So I have um, in the basement of our apartment, I have a little DJ set up. So whenever I'm feeling stressed or, you know, need just some a release, I go down and get on my ones and twos and spin some hip hop or some disco or electronic music, whatever I'm feeling that day. And that has definitely always helped me um, through some of the times when I'm stressed out or, you know, just need a break from everything. And now my kids even love, we have big family dance parties. Mm. <laughs> and I do too. That's very cool. That is super cool. I'm glad yeah, you asked that, Matthew. We wouldn't have uncovered that last yeah. gem if Matthew hadn't asked that question. <laughs> DJ, mommy, yeah, I've never writer. played outside of my apartment, though. So Not I yet. Really, I'm weird calling myself a DJ. But... You might get some requests now yes. when people hear this. <laughs> <laughs> our family New Year's Eve party was pretty rocking. We had a couple of um, our friends over and with their kids, and so we had a, a, a like a, a little family rave, I guess you could say, on New Year's Eve That's in our awesome. basement. That's so cool. You could be the authority on playlists for home births, depending yeah. on what vibe you want in your home birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, music was definitely, that was a, a, a big uh, thing with my home birth. Like I said, you know, I had my mother-in-law, so there was a lot, there was a lot of reggae music, a lot of soca and stuff. I think that just made it all more fun. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Angela, for hanging out with us. We really appreciate you. Um, And for listeners, we're going to have links to everything we could possibly have links for um, related to Angela and all the stuff that we talked about in this episode. Um, You're awesome. Just thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. We're going to be watching you on Romper and sharing more of your stuff. I'm sure you'll inspire future episodes of ours. (laughs) And we'll let you know when we do those. And um, love to you, Hannah, Aiden, and Dean. Um, hanging out there in Brooklyn. We're, we're collecting um, places that we can visit through this this podcast, all the moms <laughs> we talk to all over the world. So when we're in Brooklyn, we're going to hit you up. Yes. Have a dance party. Definitely. Well, you at least have to come over for a dance party. Yep. Yes. we got to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Angela, thank you so much. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, 
family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.